the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. <laughs> with Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. 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 Oh, Mr. Dot On weei.com. Off day podcast. Looking ahead to the NFL draft. We are looking at the offensive line today, mostly tackles because that's where the bulk of the talent is in relating to the Patriots roster. Uh, but there are a couple other guys that I think Andy and Chris want to get to. So let's start off with, I guess, your general take on this class of the offensive line. I think there's some good high-end talent and then a little bit of a drop-off. Um, I, I Like, I think, well, first of all, it's the same story we've dealt with at every position. Guys that opted out, guys that have injuries, guys that you haven't seen their best action for a couple of years, blah, blah, blah. Then you have the position versatility, which is also lack of a perfect fit sometimes at the NFL level. Um, but no, I think you could see, I mean, just looking at my, you know, there's going to be three or four really good tackles at the top of the draft, couple, couple versatile guys that may end up as guards, centers, whatever. So it won't surprise me if there's a half dozen would be pro bowlers in this class over the course of the next five to 10 years. So I, I think there's, there's talent there. Yeah, I'm a big fan, especially from the tackle perspective. I think there's a lot of depth to this. Um, and I think it's a lot of good depth uh, off the top, but like once you, once you hit the extent of that, like it, it's a big drop off afterward. Um, but I, like, I mean, there were, I think I counted like 20 guys that could theoretically go in the top hundred, which is kind of wild. Um, but I, I mean, the, and the majority of them, I, I really like, like there's, there's very few guys that I, I felt like I just didn't like. That's funny because I usually hate a few offensive linemen. I usually watch them and just think, this guy's a fat load turd, want no part of him. And I don't – I'm trying to think and look at my notes. I don't think there was one guy that I flat out hated. Mm-hmm. There were some guys I really liked, then some later-on guys that I think have really good upside. And then there were just a lot of guys I'd be like, yeah, I think he can play in the NFL. I don't know if he'll be a star, but is is he capable? Is he competent? Is he athletic enough, relatively strong? Like – I think there's a lot of I don't, mediocrity sounds like a negative word. I don't really mean to, to be negative about it. No. Just a lot of decent, I guess, capable, yeah. capable. Let's use the word capable. There's a lot of capable fat bodies in yep. terms of this draft class, I would say. Agreed, which sounds like a Belichick goldmine, in my opinion, because he'll find a guy in the fourth or fifth round who in year one is capable if he has to make a spot start or mm-hmm. come in for a couple plays. And then in a couple years, he's a legitimate NFL starter. <laughs> And we, we should sort of touch on that. So right now the Patriots have good depth on, I mean, strength in, in the starting lineup. They have some depth, but it's tenuous potentially when you look at Isaiah Wynn, no decision yet on his fifth year option. Um, Trent Brown on a one-year deal. You brought back Ted Karras as a, a backup on a one-year deal. Mm-hmm. I guess we don't know definitively where Michael on when is going to play long-term as these other issues shake themselves out. You lost an $80 million guard in Joe Tooney. Um, you got back David Andrews on good value. Yep. Shaq Mason, you have still under contract. So there's, there's good talent. There's a, some guys you're probably building around, but then at some point there's going to be at least one or two starting jobs open unless some of these other guys pop up as potential starters down the road. Well, it's one of those things where this need could be a glaring need next offseason, And yes. we've seen this be where Belichick drafts a year ahead. Like, let's just say Trent Brown and, and Isaiah Wynn don't come back. Then all of a sudden tackles a, a big need. 
And I think that this, how they approach this draft could actually tell what they plan to do with win. Like if they draft the guy high, I could see them not picking up the fifth year option on win. And that'll be a, a tell that they're moving on from after this year. And this is the point in time too, where Belichick has to completely revamp those backup guys because your uh, Froholtz, your Kajust didn't really pan out at all to be a filling guys. Right. And so, and now Tooney's gone. So there's another body gone short. Karras is back in a one-year deal, but that could easily be a one and done thing. So it's like, this is the time to replenish that young stock and those swing tackles and, and those other guys, those alternates and get them prepared for the future. And there's All right. you got more on that. Well, I was just going to say, it's funny. We talk about win. Cause there's a lot of guys in this class that actually Isaiah Wynn made their way and made it. His name is made the way into their scouting bio in terms of short arms. Is he a tackle? Yep. Is he a guard? A lot of Isaiah Wynn to his game, whatever. And you know, for the Patriots, I don't think they care. Now no. this is dated because Dante Scarnecki is no longer running the show there, but he was big on Matt light. Isaiah Wynn didn't matter. Can the guy play? You know, I don't care whether he has 32 inch arms or 34 inch arms or whatever the hell it is. Um, they didn't necessarily fall, you know, into the, oh, the guy's going to be six. I mean, they had these guys, don't get me wrong, because some of their best tackles, whether it was Nate Soldier or Sebastian Vollmer, were prototypical. They were long, mm -hmm. lean, athletic builds, but they've also been fine with like Michael Unwenu was a tackle for them last year as a guard kind of guy. Marcus Cannon, not necessarily the long, lean build, a little bit stockier build. Certainly Isaiah Wynn, shorter, but got the job done like Matt Light. Um, one guy that certainly – I mean, I know there's been a little bit of a debate atop the first round. Um, I personally don't see the debate. Um, I when I see Pene Sewell, I see the premier tackle in this draft. I mean, unless – that I'm giving him – you know, the, the opt-out's not an issue. Like, we're just sort of forgetting the fact that some guys didn't play. It's like uh, kind of when uh, the, the Avengers, when everybody popped back onto the earth after the five-year window. Everybody's back. We after forget what happened. Boom. You're back where you go. Yep. Um, so Penny Sewell, to me, is by far the elite tackle prospect in this draft. He is in that mold of, you know, the Seb Sebastian Vollmer look where you're like, He's not fat. There's not a big belly bulging out. We'll get to guys later that have big bellies bulging out. But and I'm not necessarily down on that, by the way. There's a lot of guys that succeed looking like that, but he Trent has Brown that. being one of Let's them. I'll just say Trent Brown. No question. But Penny Sewell does not look like that. 6'5, no. 330, wears it well. Outland trophy a couple of years ago. Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this, but I've always been a fan of Samoan background linemen offensively and defensively. They're just built they tough. I agree. I, I got in trouble. Somebody said, you're not supposed to say that. Cause I said it on our airwaves a couple of years ago. I was like, I don't know. It seemed like a positive. I'm sorry. I like them. I like from them Vita, from Vita Vea to Penesua. Like I, they just, they, I, for whatever reason, they are built different sometimes. And it's just, I think it's heritage. I mean, I think it's the way they're brought up in some ways. It's like a work ethic thing beyond just a size thing. I'm sorry. When they do that freaking thing, the, uh, the, the rugby teams that have the, like the pre, the, the, whole dance and thing there's yeah. like a history there that's intimidating i like yeah. intimidating linemen i, I, I want intimidation um but penny soul to me i don't know how you felt shine guy gave up one career sack he he's just a stud yeah like this is this is why i think cincinnati has to go tackle at the top of the draft because i think there is a clear separation between penny soul and rashawn slater like yep. other people are like oh rashawn slater could actually be the first tackle to goal and i think it's a little hooey like i don't i don't think slater uh necessarily projects the way Sewell does right Sewell to me when I watch him it just looks like 
the offensive line version of Aaron Donald. He's big. He's physical. He looks like for his size, he is fit. He is going to dominate there in the trenches. Um, and I, uh, I am a big Sewell fan. Uh, I think he is the clear number one offensive lineman in this entire draft. Uh, and then there's kind of a drop off after that. So I, I think he should go five to Cincinnati or four to uh, Atlanta. If they really want to go offensive line, I don't think they should, but I, I think he should be gone in the top five picks. I want to yeah, throw I this think- out there before you move on to other guys. If he does fall to six or seven, like could Bill ever trade up for him? No, I can't see. I mean, the, the way that the the trade value has been sort of set by the 49ers, I mean, I, it's not a quarterback you're going up to get. So, like, it wouldn't you're cost still gonna, as much. Yeah, you're still going to pay quarterback price for an, even though left tackle is an elite marquee position. I just, I, I could never see that. And he's not going to get much lower than that. So, it's never going to Especially when all four of the teams from four, five, six, and seven all could use a dominant left tackle. Right. All four of them could. Like, I just, I don't see that being a realistic opportunity. No. Sorry. and Sorry, Bobby. No. No, it's, I mean, it, it's, it's a legit fine. question. Because like, anytime there's a blue chipper, like Kyle Pitts, mm-hmm. I would say the same thing. He's a blue chip prospect. So that's different. It's not quite a quarterback, but it is above just a normal, ooh, good player, best available. No, it's a yeah. blue chipper. And, you know, you, you hear the various opinions, but every year there's only a handful of those guys that are true blue chippers and they don't always go, you know, if there's six blue chippers, they don't always go one to six. So if one slides, yeah, now you get, wow, I can trade up four spots and get one of the best players in this or any draft like Pene Sewell, I think would measure up in any draft, any draft he's in, he's going to be a top offensive lineman. Um, The rest of them, I would say no. I think he's the one elite player in this draft. You know, you, you bring up Rashawn Slater. First of all, I the first thing I look for an offensive lineman, I'm by far not an O-line scout or coach or anything. No. I just look at guys that are comfortable. It's the yep. weirdest thing. Like, if you look comfortable, like you don't look like you're overexerting yourself or afraid a guy's going to beat you on the edge or afraid he's going to beat you with a counter move to the inside. If you're just like cool, Cadillac-y, flowing, and that's what Sewell is. That's what I look for. Mm-hmm. And that's where I see the step down. If you can't do that, well, that's where I realize you don't even have confidence in yourself to match up athletically with the guy across from you. So Rashawn Slater, uh, I think is fine. Like, it's funny because Penny Sewell runs a 509-40. And then Rashawn Slater runs a 488. Well, theoretically, oh, Slater's the better athlete. He's going to impress you on film. Nope. Just watch tape. Like, the, the two tenths of a second in there doesn't show up in nope. Slater's favor at all. No. If anything, he does look more of what people have questioned. Is he a guard? Is he a right tackle? Mm-hmm. Is he a true left tackle? Because I think the breakdown is 26 at right tackle starts, 11 at left tackle, um, three-year starter, opted out this past year, and he's the son of an NBA player, so he's supposed to be like this athletic. He just isn't that nimble. I would put him in the good to very good offensive line yeah. category, but not that top, top like, level. I see Rashawn Slater. His upside to me is something like Jack Conklin, right? Where he could be a dominant right tackle, especially yep. in a run heavy offense. I feel like he fits in that kind of scheme, but like, I do not project him to be your, you know, all pro left tackle for the next 10 years. Uh, I think, I think there's even like, 
I think another guy on the list, Christian Darrisaw, I think projects as a better left tackle prospect than Rashawn Slater does, uh, probably hands down, in my opinion. I just think Darrisaw overall, he looks better. He feels better. He's he seems stronger just at the left left tackle position. Uh, and, and so I, I don't even think it's worth taking Rashawn Slater in the top 10. No, I would agree. I think Slater at best, again, he was a guy that got some of those win comparisons. Well, the Patriots took win at what? 20, 23, I think 23. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's where I would start to say, Oh, Rashawn Slater, that's good value there. Um, I do agree with you. I think Dara saw, I don't think he's ever going to be an elite left tackle, but no. I do think he's, a left tackle potentially yep. in the NFL, like a but, starting left tackle. Like he would start on any NFL team kind of left tackle, like ultimately. Right. He's a, yeah, he's a starter. Now is yeah. he a pro bowl starter or is he a get by maybe once or twice? Starter? Right. It, it's one of those things. Um, as we start to go into, we start to get into the gray area here where I had yeah. guys listed like you, different sources you use scouting wise, like this guy's a tackle, this guy's a guard. Mm-hmm center guard tackle what does he fit so i don't know like where you want to like liam um eichenberg the notre Love dame him. is a true left tackle they, i mean they've had a long history here of i can't even remember the names the kid from the raiders the uh 49 last year from, they've had like three straight first round uh left tackles over the last Whatever it is, corn fed boys. You, I don't. It, again, and it, it amazes. Oh, why is that okay? I can't say bones, yeah. but you can so say corn fed boys. And and it's gonna be a thing. Like it's just like those midwestern corn fed offensive linemen from the extremely run heavy system. I like them nine times out of ten. I like them all. Whether it's Iowa or Wisconsin or Notre Dame or any of those midwestern schools, they always have these big ass dudes who are just gritty in the trenches and know how to block and are comfortable doing it. And he's next in – now, I don't think he's as good as some of his predecessors. I'm not even sure he's a first-round pick. He might be like a second-round type guy, but I think he started like 38 straight games at left tackle for them. Now, reading up on this, I didn't notice this even though you watched – apparently he had a lot of uh, penalties. He gets a lot of holds, which is certainly less than ideal moving forward. Um, I think he's fine. He seems like a smart guy that always knows – you know, there was a lot of tapes of him like – sliding backside coming across the formation to pick up like a blitzer off the backside. So I think he's probably a a pretty fundamentally sound Notre Dame guys usually are in the offensive line. I just don't think he physically has that upside. Like I don't think he's gifted physically as some of the other guys. Yeah. It's weird. Like I think he struggles a little bit with speed rushers. Right. So like if you pair him up against someone like a Von Miller in his prime per se, like he's going to have a really hard time. And I, and I think he, he fares well better against a guy like a Calais Campbell, who's much more on the brawnier bulkier, a Lawrence guy. If, if you're talking Patriots D lineman kind of guys, um, he, and he fares better in those scenarios. Um, Cause sometimes he just, he lunges a little bit. He's extremely physical and he wants to be physical, but sometimes it's to the detriment of he's lunging to block instead of just sitting there comfortably back in his stance a little bit and, and going for it. Um, but he's, I think, I think he is like third or fourth on my board and tackles. It's kind of, I broke it up more into brackets, mm-hmm. right? Like I think legit left tackles. I think it starts at Panay Sewell's by himself. I think Darisaw is kind of by himself in a lower category. And then I think it's like, your Tevin Jenkins, your Liam Eikenberg, uh, and your uh, Samuel Cosme out of Texas. I think like those three guys are my next three like prototypical sized 
left tackles that could probably start for some NFL teams for a few years, um, may get you a pro bowl, maybe, maybe eventually into an all pro once or something like that, but it's not like a hall of fame player. Um, you mentioned Tevin Jenkins. I really liked him. I think he's probably he's, a right tackle. Um, certainly plays with sort of that Logan Mankins kind of. He wants edge. to maul you. Yeah, he's going to finish play. You know, what the coaches say through the whistle and maybe a little bit beyond the whistle occasionally. Um, I really liked him. I think he has some upside as a right tackle. A guy who I think is a second round type player. Um, obviously, there's a jump in talent is the Dylan Raddance kid out of North Dakota State. Yeah. Trey Lance's uh, left tackle. So yep. obviously there's that. Oh, he only played one game this year and the, all his career starts are against lower level competition and that developmental or, or whatever uh, adjustment he'll have to face. But he's athletic. He looks the part. He's probably actually a little undersized, probably needs to bulk up a little bit because he's like six, six and barely 300. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing. Wow. in turn of the 40 time with a five, one, two. But when you watched him at the level he played at, you're talking about one of those lean, athletic, latches on, strong yeah. for his weight, like pushed people around. Again, I know it's FCS and not FBS, and maybe there'll be a transition. But I, at the same time, though, like I, I sometimes I think that's a little overblown, right? Like, I mean, look at the transition Kyle Duggar had. Granted, it's a completely different position, but it's and- like some guys just adapt to NFL play better. And North Dakota State is one of those schools – at that level that are producing NFL level talent. And I think another guy that you look in those, that lower level of quote unquote competition, um, it, it's not necessarily a tackle, but a guy that I, I would keep my eye on if I was Patriot fans, uh, especially in these middle rounds is uh, Quinn Moneris out of Wisconsin Whitewater. Like this guy, this guy can play. Like, and he can play guard. He can play center. Belichick will like that versatility. Like, this is a guy, if you're a Patriots fan, keep an eye on this guy. This guy can play offensive line. And a little, you mentioned Kyle Duggar. Quinn goes to the senior bowl. I believe he won, like, offensive lineman of the week. because he, yeah, he was, like, the story of the senior bowl. Yeah. Yes. But some of that was because he had a big belly and he's funny. And if you go online, there's videos of him training, like, Rocky last year with, like, tree trunks running up mountains and doing he crazy just, stuff. He just had a viral uh, post on Twitter, I think it was. And it was, like, a picture of, like, five of the offensive line prospects. And it's, like, your boys rolling into Culver's. And right. like it, like it, it, he seems like he has a sense of humor, but he can also really play football. He, he is can. super athletic for an inside guy. And showing that he could compete at the senior bowl is that sort of next step of, oh yeah, yeah. he's not just uh he's not going to flame out as a division three guy. He has the exactly. ability to talent. And everybody said, I, I mean, I don't know enough about his necessary background, but not playing this year because division three didn't play this year. He used the time off and everybody, he was like a borderline NFL prospect last year. And he used the time off well, showed it physically. He ran like a sub 540. Mm-hmm. Then he goes to the senior bowl and looked like a guy who had worked really hard in his year off, not a guy who had, you know, got fat and happy. Well, I mean, exactly. Still a little fat, fat, but, you know. Also happy, but he didn't get fat yeah. and happy, if you know exactly. what I mean. Exactly. I know what you mean. He didn't get comfortable. And he can still dunk. I saw that on one of his clips, too. Yeah, which is crazy. Any offensive lineman that can dunk, I kind of yep. want on my team. I think that's, I think that's impressive. And I'll get to tell you, I, I was just envisioning a guy that I don't love, but I think he would kind of mesh with interestingly on the team would be Chase Winovich. I'd be interested to see Ooh, Quinn and okay. Chase Winovich going back and forth on the practice field block because they both have kind of weird personalities yeah. or brands. And Who knows? They could click and they could start their own video series. 
they could. And that's what this is all about. Um, sorry, I got distracted by a text there. It's okay. Um, but I do, I love him a lot. I don't, I do too. I don't know if there's a spot for him necessarily. Cause I think he's probably going to get overdrafted a little bit. Ooh, you Wouldn't think surprise so? me if he goes in the second round and I don't oh, know wow. if he's a second okay. round talent. Yeah. Like I, my projection was like, I was thinking like if the Patriots could get him in the third round, what is that? 96 they have. Yep. Yep. I, I like, I think that would be like just the best pick. Right. Cause like, I think ultimately it, it leads to the opportunity that if he does pan out right away, not right away, but like after a year, right? Like then your offensive line, you can kick on Wenu out to tackle if you want. He can sit in the guard spot next to Andrews and Mason. The center of your line is now young and good for years. And you're, you have on Wenu, who's a great young player. And then you just have to worry about the left tackle position. Um, since we've kind of delved into some of the guards here and, and feel free to go back to any tackles you want to talk about. Yeah. But what'd you think of um, the USC kid, uh, Elijah... Vera Tucker. Vera Tucker. Vera Tucker. Um, yeah. I'm not a huge, I mean, he's fine, uh-huh. but where people are projecting him. Uh-huh. Isaiah win. Yeah. Nah, I'm good. Well, you know, that, people have him going in like the, the 15 to 20 range. Like, yeah. They, everybody has him going to Minnesota. I'm like, I get So it, it makes sense. I think he would actually fit. Okay. In Minnesota. I think 14 is too high, um, but I think he would fit in Minnesota. Right. Cause he's kind of versatile enough where, he probably projects more as an NFL guard, but I mean, if he can play tackle, he can play tackle. And for Minnesota, they just need to improve the offensive line in general to allow their offense to be better, especially just to make a guy like Dalvin cook better. Um, that's kind of where their offense revolves around. And so I think adding a guy like Vera Tucker would be good. I just think the price is too high at 14. I would rather get a guy like Darisaw and add him my left tackle for years to come at 14 than Vera Tucker. I don't hate Vera Tucker, but again, when you're comping somebody to Isaiah Wynn, I do not love that. That does not make me excited at all. But he, and, and the way he plays, he's, he's fine. Um, I, I felt like he gets kind of mauled a little bit sometimes, but like he's good overall. He kind of holds his own. I don't know. I didn't love it. Yeah. I, I think he's a guard personally, and that would affect my draft value of yes. him. But he's also a guy, he did play left tackle for them last year at USC and yep. was a high school left tackle. So I don't completely, I mean, they had. You can't rule it out. They had Austin Jackson last year and he slid over to for him this year. So maybe he ends up being a tackle. And and I, I value that more. I know the NFL is getting away from that, like left tackle, right tackle, guard. Like they're all valuable now. Like Joe Tooney just got $80 million and you're mm-hmm. protecting, you know, your assets and your franchise QB, or as you said, your franchise running back and trying to make make his job a little easier i just think as ryan said if he's going to go 12 to 20 15 mm. to 20 i just think there's more there's more value-based picks later that you're probably not going to be that far off from the same level of talent and you've got yep. a better player in the first round and then an offensive lineman in the second or third round yeah um now how did you feel about the two like top of the line center prospects in dickerson and creed humphrey well, Dickerson is really interesting because of the injuries. Like, it's a whole different ball game with him because he's been hurt so much. I don't even know if people knew because I didn't really know this, that I didn't know he was an FSU transfer and that he started – he started every year of his career, three at FSU, two at Alabama, injuries throughout. I think he had season-ending injuries like three or four different times. 
you know, most people know him at the very least from he played late in the national title game on a torn ACL. Yeah. But that also, I mean, you're kind of probably going to redshirt him this year. Yeah. And it's a center. So he's going to be one of those guys that I think talent wise, is he like a second round pick? Probably. But given his injury history and that he's literally injured right now and you're basically drafting him potentially for 2022, how far does he slide before you say, I can pounce on that? Because I like everything about his game. He even has versatility. He's bounced around the line a yep. little bit. I do think he's a center. I mean, I think his position is center, but yeah. he could help you at other spots. But when you look at like his hands, he's a good enough athlete. Again, he seems to know what the hell he's doing at all times, which mm -hmm. is very important for your centers, obviously. Yes. He's not overly athletic and quick, but I don't really look for that in my centers. I mean, the old saying is you got to play in a phone booth. They literally only have to play from here to here most of the time. I know they pull a little bit, but yeah, I think he's talented. But with the injuries, is he a third round pick? Is he a fourth round? I, like, I don't even know. A guy it's, in an tough to, it's tough to project. I agree. I really like what he offers, but it just comes down to this injury history is so scary it's like am i drafting a guy that is even going to ever play for me am i going to get a full season out of this guy and if you're drafting a guy in the second round you want a guy that's going to start for you at least for a little while right like you need some value out of that and so it's tough um which is kind of why i would lean creed humphrey as my number one center i think having three years of starting experience is very valuable which means that he has been starting on the offensive line of a college football team since he was what 19 and playing against guys who were 24 and, yep. and, and playing well, right. He's not, he's not playing poorly by any means. Uh, and so I think that's very valuable, especially to a guy like Belichick, who's been known to draft guys with long tenured college experience. Um, and um, I, I think, I think for me, Creed Humphrey would have to be my number one center specifically because of the Dickerson injury history. I'm a sucker for the uh, the gimmicky bullet point on his bio and the 475 bench press and 700 pound squat suckered me into Creed Humphrey. Right, um, you're right. I, um, two other sort of issues with him is the shotgun snapping versus regular snapping. Obviously, mm -hmm. snapped out of shotgun at Oklahoma's offense under Lincoln Riley. Never allowed a sack. But you know, I said earlier one of the things I look at like superficially when I'm looking at the offensive line is just the comfort level. Do they feel, look like they're comfortable matched up against the person across from them? And the second thing I look at is the guys use their hands and actually latch on to people and control them, not just catch them with their chest or try to use their shoulder. And I thought he had some of the best hands in terms of latching on mm -hmm. and like leveraging and controlling a guy's chest plate uh, of anybody that I watched in this offensive line group. So yeah, I think, I think both of those guys, if healthy, you know, with the Dickerson pick, I think both of those guys are starting caliber NFL centers. Um, the health issue maybe drops Dickerson around and, you know, gives Humphrey the advantage there. But I, th I think they're both good enough to play in the NFL. Who are your uh, sleep sleepers? Or do we already get, do you sell those guys that you're, you're looking at? Um, sleepers. Well, I, I mean, I think sleeper, I like the North Dakota state kid. I think he could Dylan be Radis, yeah. It won't stun me if he's an elite left tackle in two or three years as he bulks up, probably needs to put on like 20 pounds athletically. He's going to, you know, get used to quote unquote, the speed of the game and the guys that he's going up against, but Dylan Raddins, I think could be an elite left tackle. So I think he has massive upside. Um, other sleepers. I'm trying to look. I think the uh, kid out of Michigan 
I think could get drafted a little earlier than he probably should. Jalen Mayfield. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't love him. I didn't either, but he's like, he's just massive. He's super aggressive. Uh, and a team that wants to run the football is going to love him at right tackle. Right. Like I just think, uh, you know, the, in, the inexperience is a starter. I get it. But at the same time, like I, for whatever reason, I feel like he's rising up people's draft boards like left and right. Um, I don't quite get it. I don't think he, he wouldn't be like a personal sleeper pick of mine, but I think a, a surprise guy on draft night that could be drafted a lot higher than people expect is Jalen Mayfield out of Michigan. Does the yeah, UMass kid have any chance? Do you any work on him? Lar- Larnell Coleman tackle? I, I would guess no. I, I mean, <laughs> I would say no if you didn't do Undrafted guy, maybe if he's lucky. Yeah. Well, he, the, the athletic has him as a late round, potential sixth or seventh rounder. Sure, yeah. give him a give him the old college try. No, I give him a shot. I didn't do much work on him. Um, I there were a few other guys because I think there are guys that are gonna like Walker Little, the kid out of Stanford. Um, yes, was a two year left tackle for them, and I think that's always a place where you say, okay, that's a pro offense, pro style offense, program system. Mm-hmm. Um, six seven three thirteen, so certainly um has that size, but. He's only started one game since 18 because he was hurt yeah. in 19, no 20. So that's one of those, well, maybe there's a diamond in the rough upside kind of pick for you, or maybe that's too much rust and too much time away. And you're sort of talking yourself into something. Yeah. Or at the same time, you look at him and he's six foot seven. He was a former top college recruit, like all the, all the, the measurables and the pedigree is there. Now it's just a matter of like really sucking out all that potential. Right. Yeah. I think he went to his high school was like Jalen Waddle, him and two other guys that, you know, were like high level D one prospects. It was a yeah. pretty, pretty sick high school. Um, trying to look at other guys that I bounced around with uh, Wyatt Davis, um, the kid out of Ohio state. Yes. You know, two, two years, right guard. I found him as sort of that classic, fifth round i believe i wrote meh meh pick like meh. i don't think he stinks i don't you know i don't think he stinks i just wouldn't get excited and say well i just solidified my guard position for the next five years actually my favorite note about him was his dad was the middle linebacker in the program you know remember the old football movie the oh, yeah. program mm-hmm. yeah his i think it was alvin mack he became an oh. actor he played football and then became an actor and was the middle linebacker in the program oh, wow. i thought wyatt davis was an average athlete um, I thought he used his hands pretty decently. Um, I just, he, he was a guy, I saw too many times where he got like shed too easily. Linebackers and defensive linemen were just like pressing him off of them and shedding him to the side. And I was like, yeah, I don't love that. I, I love think, it. I think I felt similarly about uh, Deontay Brown, the guard at Alabama. Um, I felt like, like overall, like the guy can block. But what happens is, is he ends up on the ground a lot because he gets, he, he just like over leverages himself and he's just into the dirt and it's, and it's weird. And like a lot of the times he doesn't get called for as many holding penalties, but like he kind of takes the guys down with them sometimes, but it's like, it's weird. It's not as consistent as I like, like he needs to just, he needs a guy like Scar to be like, all right, I need you to sit back on your ass and not, not get over get over the top of yourself. Like be you, you have the potential to be better. I just think he needs somebody to help draw that out of him. You mentioned uh, Alabama. I don't think we really touched on Alex Leatherwood. Um, no, we didn't from Alabama who actually won Outland trophy this year. So we should probably touch on him as uh, yeah. the best lineman in the country. 
I think most places have him as like a second round pick. Yep. Um, left tackle for two years and some year and a half or whatever at right guard, captain, um, three year starter, 6'5, 312. I thought he moved really relatively well. I think he's a guard. He played left tackle most recently. Um, yep. And you, you assume, oh, you're the left tackle at Alabama, the best offense in college football, the best quarter, like all these things. I think he's a guard in the NFL. Um, he has a little bit of that, uh, the belly midsection. He's yes. a little bit thicker. I also think my thing with, I am very hesitant about Alabama offensive linemen right now, because I think as you've pointed out multiple times before, I think Steve Sarkeesian's system was so beneficial to every person on the offense that it was just schemed up in a way that it was really hard to mess it up. And yeah. so like, as long as you weren't stupid about it, you were able to succeed. And so that's why I am, I think overall, when it comes to Alabama offensive linemen, I'm a bit hesitant this year. Um, so as we kind of wrap this up, we've touched on a lot of guys, plus it's the offensive line and nobody gets all that excited. Quite frankly, if it's an offensive lineman at number 15, I think people will be the opposite of excited. I think Agreed. they will be pissed off at these Patriot place draft party hosted by WEE guys, Nick Fitzy Stevens and Mego and whoever the hell else is there. Um, but do you, are, is there anybody that they could take? Let's not, let's. Let's leave 15 because I don't think anybody would be really happy at 15 unless it was Pene Sewell. Um, if let's say they drafted down, another mm -hmm. scenario that might get people a little angry, but let's just say they they trade down and they're in the middle of the 20s. Is there an offensive lineman you'd be like, okay, I didn't get a receiver, I didn't get a quarterback, but I kind of like this guy and I feel good about the pick? No. <laughs> I I think like the end of the first round I mean I'll get I'll understand like I'll understand the point of view um but no, like you're, you're I you guess know, you'd like know the sport fans don't fans want that yeah. player and like yeah I just I wouldn't like be excited Darisaw, if they took Christian Darasaw in the first round that might be great for the future he yeah might starting left tackle a year from now but at 15 that would be like, such a bummer woohoo we have a blindside protector, but we don't have a guy to protect his blindside. Like we don't have the blindside guy, right? Yeah, like, so right. it's hard to get all jazzed up over that offensive lineman. So yeah, I, I know for me, there wouldn't be, there's no, I mean, I'd get excited about um, Quinn Menares. However the fuck Menares. Yeah. His last name. Jeez. Uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, I'd get excited about him for like the story and, you know, covering him at training camp and hoping two years from now, he's a regular guest on WEEI each week. Cause I think it'd yep. be freaking fun, but he's still just a freaking offensive lineman and a guard. And my thing is, is I, I I've never thought at any point that the Patriots are going to take an offensive lineman in the first round, even if they traded down, I just feel like there's too many other positions in this draft that have a lot of depth and value that Belichick needs and wants um, whereas he can fill a lot of those because they're not really holes, right? It's just depth holes, I guess, right. uh, on the offensive line. You can fill those in the third, fourth, fifth round, which he's been very prone to do over the years. So like in my head, I don't expect them to take an offensive lineman in the first or second round. I agree with you. Like in my scenario, if they take a lineman, I'm not happy. If it's yeah, the pick or whatever, but they take Zayvon Collins. They take Joseph Pasai. They take like one of the pass rushers, even that are unproven, but you know, like Jalen Phillips or yeah, your Gregory Rousseau. Like one of those guys, it may not work, 
Yeah. But you're giving me something to get excited about. I yes. see upside. I see potential. I see ooh, a defensive player for Belichick with versatility that he can put to use. You can get behind that, I think, easier yep. than, oh, great. They drafted Isaiah Wynn's replacement for a year from now. Yeah, Woo! exactly. That's I right. completely agree. I, I think they need to, like, I think us as fans can get excited about a linebacker far more than we can right. about some offensive lineman. A corner, a safety, yep. um, a wide receiver even. Like, mm-hmm. you could get a, a – let's just say the top three are gone, but you get Tony or Bateman there in the late 20s. People will get all giddy and icky-balooky right. about that and have fun with that. Offensive line is still offensive line. Sorry, Scar. Love you, mean it, but your position is not that fun. To yeah, the only position that I would hate more than an offensive lineman is a running back. Yeah, I like running back more because I just like running backs more in general. I'd always That's fair. give me the running back. You tell me they take Travis Etienne at twenty-seven. I can get behind that. I don't. I don't. I don't totally understand it and know if it's a great pick, but I can get behind it. Right. Fair enough. At least he's exciting. Yep. Uh, so we're, we kind of, if you liked our uh, draft content, you'll be hearing us on the air uh, Thursday and Friday night post draft. Um, late night, we can swear. Yes. Heck yeah. L- late night. Uh, Thursday, it's me, Andy, and Brian Barrett. And then Friday, it's Barrett, Andy, and Shine. So Both for the will, first few days. Yep. I will make an appearance Thursday, I believe. Uh, gotcha. But, but I will not be there for the uh, full two hours. They might have said the same thing to me, too. And I just disregarded that. So that makes sense. <laughs> Uh, and then I think Andy and I have another podcast later this week, Wednesday. I think Giardi's going to come on with us. Ooh, Mike Giardi, the guy who took Trey Lance at number 15. Was it number 15? Or did he yes. trade yeah. Him? No, it was 15. 15. Yeah. 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 Took Trey Lance in his NFL uh, media mock draft. So I'm looking forward Thank to talking to him about that. That's on uh, Wednesday, I believe. Yes. All right. So that's all of our draft stuff. We're f- finally here. Finally, Wait, we didn't do kickers and punters. Oh, bummer. You can find that on our uh, another podcast. Don't we draft did, them in anything but the seventh round. And we also didn't do uh, defensive linemen because there aren't any. Because they uh, stink. Barmore, I want no part of as the top defensive lineman. There's really any, anybody else of value I saw. Oh, I think Wuz- Daniel Jeremiah. Levi and Wuzurike is the yeah. other guy. Nah, nah. Uh, I believe Jeremiah said it's the worst he's seen in his scouting career. Since yeah, Ra- Rappaport had a tweet said one GM said it's the worst he's ever seen. Yeah, yeah. so that's why we didn't touch on that. We didn't need to touch on that. True. <laughs> All right, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you later this week. Peace out.